وأقول في القرآن ما جاءت به آياته فهو الكريم المنزل وأقول قال الله جل جلاله والمصطفى الهادي ولا أتأول الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أبد الله ورسوله نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين all praises due to Allah alone, and we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to exalt the mention and grant peace to our Messenger Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, to his family and his companions. We're talking about the rights of the children and the obligations of the parents towards them. And we spoke about the importance of playing with your children and the importance of asking them about the games that they play and being involved in the games that they play. We now come to another hadith continuing our discussion. Uh, with regard to the rights of the children and the obligations of the parents. And this hadith is the hadith of Anas radiallahu an annahu qal kana rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ahsana nasi khuluqa. The messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was the best of people in manners. Wa kana li akhun yuqalu lahu Abu Umair. He said, and I had a brother whose name was Abu Umair. His name was Abu Umair. أحسبه قال كان فطيمة. I believe that he said that he was had he had just been weaned. قال فكان إذا جاء رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فرآه قال يا أبا عمير ما فعل النغير. قال فكان يلعب به رواه مسلم. He said. That when the Messenger of Allah would come and he would see the little boy, he would say to him, Ya Aba Umair, what happened to the Nughair? What's happened to the Nughair? The Nughair is a little bird, like something like a sparrow, like a very small, a very small bird. And he used to the little boy used to play with it, he used to have it like a pet. And he used to play with it, he used to see him playing with the little bird. So when the Prophet ﷺ would see him, he would say to him, Ya Aba Umair, He would use like a rhyming word to speak to him in a very sweet way and give him attention. Even though he was a very, very young boy and he used to be known for playing with that, that small bird. And the Prophet ﷺ asked him, Oh Aba Umair, what happened to the Nughair? What happened to the little bird? And this is Wallah from the excellent etiquettes, like Anna said was the best of the people in manners that he would even speak to the small children and he would ask them about the games that they played he would speak to the small children and he would ask them how they were this is from the excellent manners of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and we should do the same with our children and with children in general then we see them we give them some attention and we talk to them and we look at them and and what they're doing and we give attention to it. If they like to play a particular game, we ask them about it. Maybe they like a particular food and we ask them about it. Or maybe we know that they're doing something, be it in school or, or something like that, that they're, they're doing at the moment. And we ask them about it. We keep in touch with what they're doing. And this is from the excellent manners of the Prophet ﷺ and the things that we should try to emulate with our children. The next point that we're going to cover it's the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal وَبَتَلُوا الْيَتَامَ حَتَّى إِذَا بَلَغُوا النِّكَاحَ فَإِنْ آنَسْتُمْ مِنْهُمْ رُشْدًا فَدْفَعُوا إِلَيْهِمْ أَمْوَالَهُمْ And this relates to giving responsibility. 
and it relates to the orphans. However, there is no harm in us taking a benefit from this and ishara from it towards how we behave with our children. Test the orphans such that when they reach the age of maturity, if you sense from them that they are responsible, then give them their wealth. Here, Surah An-Nisa, ayah number six. This is an excellent, excellent etiquette we can have with our children also. And that is giving them increased responsibility and testing how they manage with it. And not getting angry, we've heard the hadith of Anas, not getting angry uh, about when they might not necessarily fulfill it, but giving them small tests of responsibility. I'm going to give you some money to keep for yourself. This is your money. It could be a very small amount. When you see they're responsible with it and they're careful with it, you can give them a little bit more and so on. And you build up their responsibility like that. And even though this is something which Allah commands us specifically with regard to the orphans, because they could have a large amount of money that, belo that we are keeping it safe for them, uh, that this is a particular methodology with them, there's no harm in us extracting this benefit in how we deal with our children, giving them responsibility, testing them and observing how they manage the responsibilities they're given. It could be even a non-monetary responsibility. It could be something like, I'm going to give you responsibility to do this job in the house. And when you see that they're doing that responsibility, you know that they can manage a little bit more and a little bit more. And you're observing that by the time they reach the age of maturity and they reach the age of puberty, you know that they can handle responsibility and they are sensible with their uh, finances, money and things like that. It's a very, very beneficial life lesson. It's a part of tarbiyah really, but it's an excellent, excellent thing we can do. It's just to observe our children and just to keep giving them little tests of responsibility and to watch how they do. And when we see that they succeed, we can give them a little bit more next time and a little bit more next time until subhanAllah we will see the fruits of that when they reach the age of maturity. SubhanAllah, we see older children these days and we see that these older children, even sometimes young adults, and they can't manage responsibility. They don't know how to manage their money. They don't, they, if they're given a job to do, they don't perform it properly. And SubhanAllah, it makes you feel like uh, that perhaps it could be the case that they didn't get that tarbiyah in terms of responsibility. And what we can also benefit from is a narration from the hadith of Anas radiallahu an. He said, كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من أحسن الناس خلقا فأرسلني يوما لحاجة فقلت والله لا أذهب. He said, the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم was from the best of the people in manners. He sent me one day to do a job and I said, والله I'm not going to go. وفي نفسي أن أذهب لما أمرني به نبي الله صلى الله عليه وسلم. He said, but in my heart, I was intending to go and do what he had told me to do. Anas was a very young boy when he, when he was sent to serve the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم. He was a young child. And he said, well, I'm not going to go. And then he said, but I had in my heart that I was going to go and do what the Prophet had asked me to do from this. One of the personal matters the Prophet had asked him to do. He said, فخرجت حتى أمر على صبيان وهم يلعبون في السوق. He said, I came out until I passed by some young boys that were playing in the market. فَإِذَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم قَدْ قَبَضَ بِقَثَايَ مِنْ وَرَائِي He said, the Prophet ﷺ, he took hold of my neck from behind. He said, when he was playing with the boys in the suk, in the marketplace. 
he said, the Prophet came behind me and he took hold of my neck from behind. He said, I looked up at him. It's as if the Prophet the beginning, Anas didn't know whether he would be angry or not because he had said, Wallahi, I'm not going to go. So the Prophet he looked up at him. He was laughing. He said, oh, Unais, and he didn't call him Anas. He called him a little, like a, a, a sweet name. Yeah, Unais, did you go where I told you to go? He said, yeah, I'm going, O Messenger of Allah. SubhanAllah, look at the way the Prophet said the first time he asked Anas to do it. Anas said, well, I'm not going to go. And then he went out and he started playing with the boys in the street. The Prophet came behind him and he took hold of him from behind. And Anas got frightened and thought maybe the Prophet is angry with him. And he looked and the Prophet was laughing at him. And he said, Oh Unais, Oh Unais, did you go where I told you to go? Are you going? He said, Yes, O Messenger of Allah, I'm going to go and do what you told me to. So look at the excellent way the Prophet dealt with Anas. When it came to that, sometimes when you ask your children to do things that might not be the way that they might not do what you want, or in the first time they might not, they might get upset and say, no, I'm not going to do it. And look at the way the Prophet dealt with it. Because it wasn't a matter of the, wasn't a matter of the halal and the haram. It wasn't from the matters that were uh, any matters of the religion, but a personal matter that affected the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was gentle with him and he just he gave him some time just to you know just to go and play and then he came to him and he said you gone where I told you to go? And I said I'm gonna go So he went and he went to to do the job that the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam asked him to do From the rights that our children have and this is an important right that we have to give emphasis to is that which is indicated in the hadith which is narrated by Imam Malik in his Muatta and Al-Hakim and others and that is that the Prophet said لا ولا درار. There is to be no harm caused to anyone and here the, the, the harm, there's a lot of different discussion about the difference between a darar dirar it's said that it means intentional harm and unintentional harm and there are many other discussions uh, on the meaning of this but it's really important that we don't harm our children we don't do anything that would harm them or bring about harm to them and that's what you see from the example of the Prophet he didn't do anything to that would bring about harm for those children and that could be a physical harm that could be a psychological harm uh, that could be something to harm them in terms of their future and their prospects, and of course, when we're talking about this, we're talking about the light of Islam. We're not going to sacrifice their religion for the sake of the of the dunya. But that is one example of harm, right? Where some of the parents they sacrifice the child's uh, religious uh, status and religious uh, education and religious observation. They sacrifice this because they want to give them a bigger chance in the dunya. And in reality, this doesn't this doesn't give them a bigger chance in the dunya because the dunya is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But ultimately, this, this is a kind of darr, it's a kind of harm that people bring upon their children. Exposing them to the haram is a harm that a parent brings upon the child. 
exposing them to the haram and causing them to um, to suffer or to have to experience haram being done in front of them. Also, this is from the things that causes harm to the child. So it's very important as we conclude our discussion on the rights of the children. And I brought this at the very end very deliberately. That really we want to, it's kind of a summary. That, that really is very, very important that we look and we try to do everything that would benefit our children. And we don't do anything that would cause our children harm or would bring about harm for them. And the greatest harm we could bring about for our children is something that would cause them to uh, be punished by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or would cause Allah to be angry with them or would cause them to enter the fire. There is no greater harm than that. So ultimately we must keep our children away from those harms and also the things that would harm them in the dunya. We must look after them and take care of them because they're a huge blessing and a huge investment. That brings me to the end of what Allah made it easy for me to gather from the rights of the children and the obligations of the parents. What remains in this segment on children is to talk about when things go wrong and some generic advice. And that's again going to be closer to a nasiha, an advice that I'm going to put forward as to what you should do when the relationship with your children has gone wrong and maybe the tarbiyah that you were hoping for them has gone wrong or the way that you were hoping for them to develop has gone wrong. We need to give some advice in this regard, just like we did on the topic of marriage, about how to manage it when when the marriage goes wrong, when things go bad in the marriage, how do we handle that? Likewise, how do we handle things when things don't go the way we would like with regard to our, our children, particularly the older children, it can be very difficult. So we're going to give some advice in this regard, inshallah ta'ala, in the next episode. And inshallah, that will bring us to a conclusion on the topic of our children and the rights and responsibilities as it relates to the children or the children as part of the Muslim family. And we will go on, inshallah, after that to deal with a whole new segment as it relates to parents and, and how a child should be towards their parents, the rights of the parents and obligations towards the parents, inshallah. And then again, onto the wider relatives and the relationships that are there, Salatul Rahim, keeping the ties with the family members and so on. That's what Allah made easy for me to mention in this episode. And before we conclude, I would like to invite the students who have been following this course. You've been on a quite a journey with us. Uh, I think we have now reached the region of 40 episodes. By the grace of Allah I'm sure that you had questions. If you have questions and you would like to have those questions answered as part of the course, so it's not like an individual answer, but we would look at those questions and we would actually do a Q&A episode for this course, inshallah, before the course concludes, then I would invite the students who would like to do that to send their questions to questions at amau.org. Questions at amau.org. And if you could put in the subject Muslim family, because that email is used for other types of questions as well. If you just put Muslim family in the uh, subject, what we'll do is gather the questions together, summarize them, and we'll try to produce a Q&A episode at the end of the series 
inshallah, to answer the questions that you might have, that things I might have raised, or things that you didn't understand, or things I didn't explain properly, inshallah. Because I think that's, you know, that's a beneficial way of interacting with the students, inshallah, as it relates to this course, which has been a long course, longer than we expected it would be. Alhamdulillah. So inshallah, those students who've, you know, had patience and been through it and gone through it and they would like to ask some questions, you're more than welcome to send your questions to questions at amau.org. And inshallah, what we will do is we will go through them, only the ones that relate to the course. Now, it doesn't mean you can't ask other questions. You're welcome to ask questions whenever you like. But in terms of this part of this segment here, is to answer questions that are related to material in the course, inshallah. We try to do a Q&A episode, which we'll try to release along with the series, inshallah, or shortly after the series concludes, inshallah, whatever Allah makes easy. So that brings us to the end of this episode. And Allah knows best. Wassalatu wassalam ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Assalamu alaikum. If you're enjoying these videos and you'd like to keep up to date with all of the courses we're going to be running, make sure you head over to amauathome.com.